Hello Chris, I hope you're well. I'm currently in Yunnan province, southwest China at a Kung Fu school. It's Sunday morning, I'm just getting ready to go hiking through some of the Himalayan foothills with some of the other students. What they don't know is I'm actually looking for somewhere I can come back to to drop acid in a few weeks. I love the podcast, I can't wait for the book. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Thanks. Hi Chris, this is Monica from San Juan, Puerto Rico. It's almost midnight, I'm coming home from a night of dancing salsa and I just took a look at my little heart app and it's like 8,000 something steps. Not bad, huh? Anyway, so I'm winding down listening to your podcast and I decided to say hello to you and all your tangentially speaking listeners. It's great um, to make me feel connected to feel part of a tribe and to feel smarter every time I listen to your conversations. Anyway, thank you especially for inspiring me to start my own podcast called Vidas en Arte y Movimiento. Um, and if you're ever down in Puerto Rico, in the last colony, um, look me up. I'd love to show you around our beaches and our caves and our mountains. Take care. Ciao. Hey, Chris. Terry O'Donnell here. Currently climbing Mount Abang in Bali, Bali's second highest peak in the pitch black to hopefully catch a beautiful sunrise. The moon is out, stars are out, and I couldn't be fucking happier. Keep up the good work, buddy. Love you. Yeah, hi Chris, it's Daniel here from Fremantle, Western Australia. I'm at work with my dog Billy where I mow the lawns under a beautiful Australian sky. It's 25 degrees here, so you can't get better weather. It's an absolute stunner of a day. And um, yeah, I'm two minutes from the beach, so I'll put in about six hours here, then I'll take Billy to the beach for a swim and he'll be nice and happy after that. And yeah, I just want to say thanks for the show. Billy saying hi. I just want to say thanks for the show. And um, I've been listening since 2013, and I just want to say thanks for teaching me that a life rich with experience trumps a life rich with material growth. I wholeheartedly believe that. Keep doing what you do, Chris, because I'm going to keep listening. Bye, mate. See ya. Oh, hell yeah. I love you people. Kung Fu Jamie, Puerto Rican dancer, guy climbing the volcano in Bali, and amazingly Australian dude, and Brian the dog. Uh, thank you all for your lovely little voice uh, messages there. I'm sitting by a river in Durango, Colorado. I'm in the front of the van. You'll hear background noise, I'm sure. Cars are coming and going in this parking lot. It seems to be a place where people get inner tubes and float down the river. Um, it was a quiet, shady spot half an hour ago when Cassie and I pulled in, and now it seems to be rocking and rolling. So... What are you going to do? There's nothing like a microphone to uh, to bring noise toward you. Uh, anyway, this won't be a long intro because I want to get this put together and go to the local cafe and upload it, and then we're on our way. So as I said, we're in Durango, Colorado. We came up through Albuquerque. We drove from L.A. straight across the desert to Albuquerque, um, spent the night in Flagstaff and in the in a parking lot of a day's in, I think, and Flagstaff. Uh, then we uh, rolled into Santa Fe, Albuquerque, saw an old friend of mine, uh, actually my girlfriend from my 20s, um, Anna. That was very interesting and kind of surreal to spend time with somebody who was such a fixture in my life 30 years ago and 
just gives you an opportunity to reflect on what changes and what doesn't change as time flows by. Uh, then we went up to Santa Fe, which I got to say, Santa Fe to me, not to be ageist or anything, because I guess as an older person, I'm allowed to make fun of old people. Uh, I'm starting to get why I never understood zombies. Like, what's the appeal of zombie movies and that Walking Dead show and all that? I just don't get it. I mean, first of all, they don't seem that dangerous because they walk really slowly. So you could just run away from them. The other thing is like, okay, they're dead, but you can still kill them. Or sometimes you can kill them or sometimes they're not. They're dead, but they're still walking. I mean, I never understood like how do you what qualifies as like the final death if something's already dead. So that confuses me. Uh, they just seem more annoying than really scary. Uh, but I guess if they catch you, they uh, they make you one of them. Well, I don't know. Anyway, I think my current theory for zombies is that it's the baby boomer generation that's getting older, entering retirement age, and it's terrifying the rest of the population. So um, that's what I that came to me in Santa Fe. It's like the average age of that city seems to be about eighty. Uh, everybody's moving slow, dressing in their keen sandals and Patagonia clothing, which. You know, that's how I dress. So it's pretty terrifying. I think I may have been already bitten by a zombie, and I just don't know it. I'm the tail end. I was born in 1962, so I'm at the tail end of that baby boomer generation. I'm one of the last to go over to the zombie side of things. Uh, Then we went up to Taos. Taos, New Mexico is gorgeous. Really like it. Really just love the people there. Love the vibe. Everything was friendly and easy, and uh, we had a little mechanical issue with the van and couldn't get anyone to to work on it because everybody was booked up. Talked to five different mechanics. They all said no, but but I liked them all. They're all really nice people, and I got to tell you, I don't generally like people who say no to me, so that's how nice they were. They were so nice. I liked them despite the fact that they were telling me to fuck off. And uh, then we sort of reached out spontaneously to the Earthship folks. I've been wanting to visit the Earthship Center and talk to people there for years, um, as is my typical sort of confused slash lazy slash uh, trusting the gods to provide style. I didn't do any preparation. I didn't reach out. I because I I don't know when we're going to be where we're going to be. People are writing to me now saying, "Hey, let's all get together in Boulder or wherever." And I I want to do that, but I don't know when we're going to be in Boulder. And I don't want to say, "Okay, we'll be in Boulder on Wednesday the fourth or because then we're oh shit if we're really having fun in Telluride and want to hang out, then oh no, we got to go to Boulder. So I try not to. Um, schedule anything more than a day or two in advance we reached out to the folks at the earthship center and they were most gracious and michael reynolds who's the founding genius behind this whole movement uh had some time and we rolled up there and i got this conversation down on tape thank 
God. Uh, he's an amazing guy. Uh, he's very busy. He rolled in. He'd been working all morning. He was sweating. He was thirsty. He sucked down two cans of Tecate while we were talking, or Dos Equis maybe it was. Uh, and then he was right back out to work on, on the building again. So wasn't a lot of time. I think this, this entire conversation is maybe half an hour, 40 minutes. It's quite a bit shorter than the usual meandering kind of conversation. But time was tight, and uh, I was honestly very honored to get any time with him at all. So, And we didn't talk about the architecture because you can find out about that online. There's tons of information about Earthships. Uh, very briefly, they're called Earthships because they are essentially ships that transport you through time. The idea being that it's a building that provides what you need to live. It has a system for collecting rainwater, uh, using that rainwater both for plumbing for uh you know washing your clothes and your sink and all that kind of stuff and also for uh taking care of plants that you grow in the south facing solarium in the house uh it's built so the temperature can be controlled by opening and closing vents uh different times of day different times of the year kind of like sales in fact many of them are sales uh, i think they're canvas that's used to block the light or let the light through um so you the idea is you're growing your own food your personal sewage is being used to feed the plants plants which are growing to feed you water's being collected from the sky the heat is provided by the sun when you need to be cool, the coolness in, in the dead of summer, the um, temperature is kept cool by controlling these vents and um, shade structures, and also by the fact that these buildings are, are normally built into the ground, so you're getting ambient uh, temperature control from the ground. So you can move through time in one of these, essentially, uh, and it gives you everything you need to live. That's the idea. It's deeply radical, as you can imagine. It presupposes that people are cut off from the grid, or at least um, not dependent upon the grid, which will make the powers that be very nervous when and if that ever comes to fruition in any sort of significant way. People growing their own food, creating their own energy, dealing with their own waste products. Uh, these are all deeply radical notions even though they're very commonsensical because they undermine the the sort of collective commercial capitalist vision of the way we should all be living and one of my favorite quotes that i refer to so often is from henry david thoreau who said a man's wealth is best measured by the things he can do without the things he doesn't need and so if you're living in an airship there are a lot of things you don't need and uh, that's a special kind of wealth. It makes you independent and it makes you dangerous because you're not dependent on anyone. You're not working for anyone. You're working for yourself. You're providing for yourself. And that makes you a very dangerous person indeed. All right. 
I think that's all I'm going to say. Let's just uh, turn it over to Michael Reynolds. And if you want to send your a voice message, like the ones you heard at the beginning, please do. You can send them to Christopher Assistant at gmail.com. And uh, they will get moved into a folder where I've got a whole bunch of them and I'll go through them and pull them out and play them at the beginning of these Christopher assistant at gmail.com. Um, please keep them under 30 seconds. Please don't advertise stuff. Uh, you know, that's not the, the idea. If you have a podcast or something that you want to mention, that's fine. But the, the idea is just tell us where you are, what you're doing, what kind of life you have. And, uh, you know, a shout out to the other, tangentially speaking listeners my buddy malcolm suggests that we call ourselves tangent dentalists tangent dentalists yeah which is sort of a obviously tangential but transcendentalists were a group of writers and thinkers in the 1800s late 1800s in the u.s like thoreau who i mentioned earlier emerson walt whitman herman melville uh these folks sort of had an understanding of the natural world that aligns very much with Buddhism. And, uh, yeah, they're radical, interesting thinkers. So maybe we'll be tangentialists, but it's hard to say. I don't know. Maybe I'll get used to it. All right. That's it from this parking lot next to the river in Durango. I don't know what this river is called. I should, I should know this. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's muddy. I'll tell you that. It's a muddy fucking river right now. Oh, the Anima, Animas River. That's what it's called. Uh, yeah, we're headed from here. We're going to Mesa Verde, where where if you look that up, you'll see there are uh, cliff dwellings, a beautiful national park, I expect. So we're headed to that. Tonight we're going to an interesting place called the James Ranch. I might even try to get a, a podcast with someone out there. It's Look it up online uh, if you're into this kind of thing. James Ranch, they're outside of Durango. They do 100% grass-fed, um, like everything. Not Yeah, here, let's see. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, they provide a financially viable agricultural enterprise that sustains livelihood for families while improving the land, encouraging the use of all resources to their highest and best potential. It's actually a really interesting operation they've got out there. It's sort of a very advanced, sustainable, um, rotating pasturing and uh, integrating with the natural environment. They even have a statement on their uh, webpage saying that predators are a welcome and integral part of the environment. And uh, I guess they don't do anything to shoot coyotes and wolves and whatever else they have out there on the ranch. So I'm looking forward to that. Then we'll go to Mesa Verde, uh, hang out there for a day or two. And then the plan is to roll up to Telluride from there. And uh, and then at some point, uh, hopefully head east to Denver and Boulder and uh, and maybe even to Crestone. I I was in Crestone once, and I'd like to go back there and see if I can find some of the people I met there the first time. Uh, so if you're the guy in Crestone who was a Mormon who I met in the bar 
and now you're making pizzas on the trailer behind your car, please email me because I can't find your email and I'd love to do a podcast with you. All right, that's enough. Thanks for listening to this fantastic conversation with Michael Reynolds, architectural genius, radical, revolutionary, badass dude. Hope you're doing well out there. Radio Mano Papachango. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Michael Reynolds at Earthship Central. What is the official name of where we are? Uh, Earthship Headquarters. Earthship Headquarters, just outside of uh, Taos, New Mexico. This is, I've been wanting to come here for years. I, I think I probably... When would I first heard of Earthships? Were you guys in the first Whole Earth Almanac? Then it goes back that far. Yeah. Yeah. My aunt had that. I was probably... When did that come out? 74? Something like that. Yeah. So I was like 12, and uh, my aunt was this cool, hippie woman with a German Shepherd and a van and a funky house growing weed in the backyard, and she had the whole Earth Almanac and all the good music, and so I sort of got an idea of what the good life was from her pretty early on, and there was a lot of good stuff in that. And yeah, yeah, it was the beginning of things. Yeah, and you stuck with it all these years. Well, I think um, the I think that m movement at the time, you know, I guess it was the hippies. Um, I was here. I wasn't in. I wasn't in a commune. I wasn't part of the. I didn't consider myself part of the movement, but I saw it. <laughs> I saw a bunch of young people not thrilled with the way life was going on. It wasn't as desperate as it is now it was just dissatisfaction with suburbs and mm. the way of life now it's a serious almost life-threatening situation but they came out they came running away from all of that out to the mountains of taos new mexico and the reason they all they're all back all the i knew them i knew a lot of the people they called hippies but they they're all back being realtors bankers and lawyers now uh because they they ran to the mountains, but they didn't know how to live in the mountains. They didn't know how to live off the grid. They didn't know how to. They didn't know how to have another way except that way that they didn't like. But I was still impressed because they made that statement that never stopped. And then from that, people learned how to live on their own and in the mountains and in the deserts and off the grid. And then it kept happening. But it, I think they, the the thing their movement, their radical runaway to the mountains and doing communes and coming back with their feathers torn and tattered uh, made a statement that is still, the waves and ramifications of it are still going on. Yeah, it was a gesture of dissatisfaction, as you say. Do you feel like that, you know, there's that great line in uh, Hunter S. Thompson's book where the wave of the 60s sort of crested and then rolled back. Do you feel like there's another wave coming through now? Well, I think I think that's the way waves work, and yeah. uh, um, it it crested because there was no place else for them to go because they they couldn't 
They couldn't live away from it. Yeah. I mean, I was just impressed with the fact that they tried something and they didn't know how to do it. Well, we know how to do it now. So we won't come back. You know, that's what I was getting at. Do you think this wave is going to go further because of the experiences gained, the failures of the first one? The, yeah, I think once we get enough people rolling with this wave, uh, they, there will be no need to come back, you know, unless they uh, try to do some kind of a uh, dictator force to change, which they sort of have now. But uh, I think, you know, I think we're just going to uh, actually, my T-shirt, we're just actually going to transcend the whole damn mess. And we know how. We know how to do it now. And so I'm like, yeah, we're trying to make Earthships sustainable, off-grid, green, whatever stuff for the real world. But really, we want a different world. Right. A world in which people aren't dependent upon those sources of power yeah, they're they're vulnerable yeah people are vulnerable and that puts them in a different frame of mind yeah and and, and they're, they're really vulnerable not to mention the things that they do need that are provided for them by the powers that be power water sewage whatever uh, electricity comfort uh energy these things weaken them and if they get them on their own they can be more empowered and be more of themselves but the other thing is the way the powers that be the corporate uh, world the government the way they are getting the things that they are selling to the people that they know the people need water energy shelter everything sewage treatment the the way they're doing it is is asinine ridiculous retarded scary it's horrible and not only so you got that Plus the fact that they're still fumbling and failing at it anyway. I mean, Japan has a nuclear power plant that's melting down. Uh, it's bad enough that it's destroying the northern hemisphere. But I was just in Japan recently, uh, and the people are cold. They got a bunch of crappily insulated houses that are that are that way on purpose because they had an abundance of nuclear power. Well, now the plant's offline. So they're cold and they wreck the planet. So, I mean, it's just like a double whammy, you know. And so we're, yeah. we're, it, that's the yeah. way it is with all of them, you know. Yeah. They're failing and they're fucking up the planet royally. So it's just yeah. like it's a, it's a double-edged sword that I simply want to transcend. So what do you, how do you deal with people who say, no, no, everything's getting better? Like, I don't know if you know who Steven Pinker is. He's written a few books where he's arguing this is the best time that's ever existed in human history. Everything's better. I mean, I have my own responses to that, but I wonder how, how you look at that. Uh, well, I wasn't aware of it, for one. No. And two, I don't care. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make every day the best yeah. it's ever been for me. Yeah. Um, and, and for the people around me, because I can't make it good for me without the people around me coming along. I mean, I can't sit here and eat a, you know, I can't be in a bus with 70 people eating a dripping with Miracle Whip BLT on on wheat bread just enjoying the shit out of it if the other 69 people don't have jack right i mean that's not going to work for me right. it, not morally or anything like that they're going to kill me right yeah. <laughs> you know for my sandwich yeah so i'm vulnerable that way so i can't be happy unless everybody else is happy and so 
that's a fact. That's logic. It's not goody two shoes. It's not spiritual. It's not Jesus. Yeah. It's it's a fact. It's physics. Uh, all of the beings around you have to be at least in the level of comfort that you are, or else you're in jeopardy. And and it it changes the whole story. Then you know people profess to be morally righteous and all of that. You know. Uh, but really, they it, it, the, the truth is, uh, let's face it, I, I want to take care of my own ass. And the only way I can take care of my own ass is to bring everybody else with me. Mm. Otherwise, they're going to kill me. That's right. That's how we live for hundreds of thousands of years as hunter-gatherers. Casilda, my, my wife, is from Africa, and she told me this beautiful expression in Africa. They say, the best place to store extra food is in your friend's stomach. Now that is fantastic. Yeah, I, Isn't I like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, and as you say, it's not because you're a noble savage. It's because your friend takes care of you. You take care of your friend. That's how this species yeah, survives. Yeah, and that's 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 logic. And and uh, people took that, take that uh, kind of thinking and try to make a religion out of it. And and nobody can do it. No priest. No 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 uh, goody two shoes. Anybody can actually hold up to those teachings or whatever they are until they are presented as logic when they are presented as logic people will do people eventually will understand logic uh you know they'll understand like they can disagree the with the theory and the concept and the philosophy of gravity until they go jump off the gorge bridge <laughs> yeah then they're yeah. a believer it's yeah. too late then. yeah yeah but i mean that's the thing i'm just looking at physics and biology yeah and physics and biology can take care of me which means they can take care of everybody. And it's kind of fun to have everybody on board anyway. I mean, you know, uh, I'd rather be on a bus with 70 people with all of us wiping mayonnaise off our face as opposed to being on the bus by myself eating a BLT. And, uh, you know, it's okay. I like being alone. It's it's a relief sometimes. (laughs) But uh, it's just everything is physics and biology, and it's uh, it's – the, the 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 physics and the biology are telling me a different story now than what's going on, uh, and I I'm I'm liking it. I'm 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 believing in it. It's like the it freaks a lot of people out when I use this analogy. But uh, one of the most impressive and feared and powerful things on this planet is cancer, because it's cellular because you can't take the heart and the brain down and get the whole thing. There is no heart and brain. Every cell has got everything it needs. Why don't we learn from that? Every person in their building, every person in their home, every Mm. building can have everything it needs straight from the biology and physics of the planet. You don't need infrastructure. Infrastructure is problematic they're always di- in beautiful Prague they're digging up this cobblestone streets for the sewage lines whatever sewage and, and electricity and water the infrastructure concept is archaic it's beyond archaic it's it's asinine so we have the technology and we always had it really but it, it we have the technology and the biology and the physics and everything to to get everything that humanity needs Directly without a middleman from the sky, basically, <clears throat> and uh, I've I've distilled it down to there's six things that humanity must have. Now, it's 
A BLT is not one of them, although I like them. Uh, <clears throat> must have to stay alive type things, six of them. Uh, comfortable shelter that doesn't use fossil fuel. Electricity, I'm not going backwards. I need electricity for my cell phone, my laptop, and you need electricity. You need water. You need something to do with your sewage, believe it or not. We don't know what to do with it. We stack it up. We pi Piping shit around a city is the most ridiculous thing I have ever dreamed of uh, when I start thinking of that that's what we do. We pipe all of our shit to a certain area, put it all together, and it's a big problem then. Whereas if you're dealing with it on your own scale, it's, it's, it's gold. Mm. You can grow stuff with it. So something to do with your shit, something to do with your garbage, because we do create garbage constantly, and all we do is ship it off to a dump and stack it up. That's not working. And food. Right. Those six things must be addressed for you to have a life. For you all to just go out and live somewhere, you're going to have to address those six things. You're going to make some garbage. You're going to make some shit. You're going to need some electricity. You're going to need some water. You're going to need some comfort, and you're going to need some food. You can't have a life without all of those being addressed. I've gone off to an island in Indonesia with 100 people and tried. We needed those six things. Mm. The first thing we had to deal with the first day on this island in Indonesia, we had 100 people with us, was human shit. We had to deal with it. That was the first and foremost problem. Otherwise, we'd all been cholera and everything else in the next two weeks. So those six things must be dealt with. And so I'm talking about vessels that deal with those six things. We call them airships. They are the threshold to a new way of thinking, a new way of traveling, a new, a new world. And uh, I don't see uh, doing anything except pursuing that, the logic of the individual cellular human. And is this the origin of the earthship, your recognition of these six needs and trying to find a way to deal with them architecturally? Well, that's not the origin, but that's the state of the art right now. The origin was, was uh, revealed to me piece by piece throughout the last 50 years uh, and, a, and, a, and a way of looking at, at everything. Um, showed me that those six things are I you know I've been fooling around with those six things now for quite a while a few decades and and they are I don't even I don't ever add anything you know I don't add a BLT or a television to those things because mm. I go all over the world all the time from an Amazon rainforest to Helsinki to whatever everybody needs those six things right if if, if you give them those six things they can survive then they'll get the strawberries or they i mean the the marijuana or the tv or the motorcycle or the computer or whatever they'll they'll fool around with all of that stuff they but to be alive and a lot of them i'll tell you and it's working with me too a lot of them are seeing really i don't want anything else but that you know mm. what i mean i just want those things and then i want to play my guitar you know whatever it's like there's so much stress because See, what I, another thing, this is, I, I see this going around the world, but they're rioting in Ukraine, let's say, or rioting in Egypt, because they want a better, they say in the news, because they want, they're screaming for a better economy. I don't even know what an economy is, but the, they think the economy will provide them with those six things. Mm -hmm. 
but it never does. I want to provide them with those six things. Fuck the economy. And then I would I, I recognize that economy is a factor of, of, of humanity. It's, it's not a bad concept, but it shouldn't be God. It should be something that you play with, not desperately need. You know, you need an economy to trade your marijuana for a, a laptop or something like that or your laptop for a motorcycle or whatever. Yeah, you need to play around with the economy. But your food, your water, your electricity, your comfort for your kids and your family, that shouldn't even depend on economy. That should bypass economy. That's a God-given right for every man, woman, and child on this planet to have those six things. We should provide that for ourselves, ourselves being all seven billion people or how many there are now. We must provide that for all of us. Then we can begin to have a life here on this earth. And that's deeply revolutionary because holding access to those things is how governments control populations, essentially. Well, the control factor, the power factor, the money factor, all those factors are I've never in history seen anybody successfully deal with any of it. Uh, you know, I have seen animals and plants successfully deal with encountering the phenomena of the planet to have those things. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, a coyote goes out and shits in the desert, and uh, the next day it's gone. Yeah. Humans shit and pipe it all together to one big mountain of shit and then don't know what to do with it. Same with their tires, same with their cans, same with their bottles and their garbage. And we invented, we invented garbage. Animals don't have garbage. Plants don't have garbage. I mean, I, I actually look at us humans as at the bottom. You know, trees may be at the top and then the animals and all of that. And then at the bottom of whatever intelligence is, is us. We're fucking <laughs> idiots. And, uh, and so yeah. I'm kind of embarrassed to be one if you want to know the truth. So that's... I'm with you, man. Uh, you know, you, yeah. you can't tell a lot of people this or talk to building inspectors about it or anything but it's um it's shaking loose the whole thing i mean you know you do a diagram of a city a bunch of skyscrapers all desperately dependent on the water system the electricity system the sewage system hurricane sandy hit new york however many 12 million people couldn't take a shit yeah unless they did it behind a car or something <laughs> i mean what the hell you yeah. know what i mean yeah that's pretty vulnerable yeah you know that brought us to our knees and uh so i think people ought to have that in place from when the time they are born they are taught how to get that in place then economy politics uh, all kinds of other bullshit right. you know play it play it but there should be no one on this planet that doesn't have access to water, comfortable shelter, you know, electricity, food, etc. Yeah. I mean, that is not let's be America and give this to everybody. That is let's cause everybody to get this for themselves so that we can be safe. So nobody's going to drive airplanes into the Twin Towers because we have it and they don't. Everybody needs to have it. You can, you can take the most radical... Uh, uh, Muslim or, 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 or communist or whatever you think is the bad guys these days, you can, you can take the worst person in the world and give them all of that for them and all of their family and all of their people, and all of a sudden they're going to go, 
What was I angry about? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. I was in Brazil and uh, did a lecture, and it was it was kind of a broad, uh, cool thing that they did. They they brought in sustainable people and conference and all that bullshit. But they brought in it was out near the Amazon jungle and village, and and the they brought a couple of Amazon chiefs, and. And they had interpreters and everything. And the the Amazon chief wanted to talk to me after the lecture. Uh, and he he right off invited me to, he said, you can come to our village and we will give you land, wives, and goats if you will stay there. And so you know, I almost took him up on it. But, <laughs> um, but the thing is... Um, they were scared, yeah, because they've always been able to deal deal with things themselves. But now their younger kids and, and 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 teenagers and young people are going off to these villages and coming back. But they're bringing cans, bottles, candy wrappers, and you know if you see their villages, all the sticks are here and all the leaves are here and and all the shit is here from the animals and I mean everything is just pristine but now they got cans and bottles and wrappers and and they they don't know what to do with them yeah. they're stacking up and they're like it's like a microcosm of what's going on in the world uh they're just freaking out and they said you are know what to do with these things can you come help us get rid of them because they're coming they're coming to our village and so it's like it, it was amazing to see that being seen in a in a smaller version, and so it's just like now it's just like there's there's to me there's nothing but this logic, and I'm not trying to convince anybody uh, or sell anybody. Uh, I'm just doing it because I do think that if uh, I have access to water and and a, a way of getting water and I show everybody else how to get water when they're out of water then they're going to be happy you know and I think I think that if any country I mean just you know wildest dreams fantasies what if a country like the US or any country did recognize those six things and then did go around the world trying to get them for everyone, mm. the the thing that would happen is, right now we want to be the most power. America wants to be the most powerful country in the world, and they're always insecure about it, and they got to have a big bomb and whatever. More important than all of that would be if America went around to every country in the world and made sure that they had every every one of those six things. Those countries would worship America. Right. Whatever leader did that, the people of the world would worship them because every leader wants to be worshipped, but he doesn't know how to get worshipped. That's the way to get worshipped, is to give everybody in the world everything they need, and then, then you better just disappear. <laughs> yeah, and you could do that on a fifth of the military budget, probably. I'm trying none. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel... You've been at this a long time, uh, 50 years, you said. Do you feel encouraged by the tiny house movement, the people living in vans, the sort of simplicity, minimalism revolution that appears to be happening? Or do you think maybe that's missing the point? 
No, well, I think anything that's going in the direction of the point, I applaud it. Mm-hmm. You know, tiny house, well, it certainly isn't the, the living in to sustainability or whatever else, but that's what everybody should have is a tiny house, yeah. a, small, a small building, a small home. You know, if Shoemaker, your economist, said small is beautiful or live simply so others may simply live or whatever. I mean, it's like, yes, that's one of the steps. Mm. That's one of the important steps is be small. But also get your own water, also get your own electricity, you know, uh, put it all in there. But small is a big step in the right direction. Yeah. And recognizing what you said earlier, that if you have those six things you probably are going to find yourself happier than when you were chasing 20 things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you got those six things, I mean, I, you know, I've played with it and done it and experimented and <clears throat> spent time on islands with 100 people and in the mountains of Columbia and in the cities and whatever. Um, the, the thing is, uh, those six things and having them for myself and having everybody around me have them is all there is, is all there is. Yeah, it's great to have a guitar or whatever, but I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I don't need to impress anybody or myself or anything. I build all the time. I've got buildings, I own buildings, I got big bank payments, I, I have a whole juggling act to go on to be able to do things, but, but uh, as you know, I guess age has something to do with it, but I don't care about anything anymore. <laughs> I'm dangerous. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. I, do. I mean, don't fuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah. uh, a it, free it's, man it's, is uh, dangerous. But but I because I also I mean I don't know how arrogant or whatever this sounds, but I trust myself. Yeah. I know. I like animals. I like plants. I like babies. I don't want to be around a fucking screaming baby, but uh, I like people. Uh, you know, uh, I know my heart. Yeah, my heart's not bad, but but it, it it's just more than that. It's logic, and and I I trust myself just to go for that logic and try to. Say, you know, I'm, I'm blasting a, uh, sometimes I feel like I got a machete and I'm cutting my way through a jungle of corporate dogma, government bullshit. And every once in a while I take a light and shine it behind me so the people back there can see where I've gone because it's, I, I can see, yeah, I can see where, that, that it's headed in a direction that is, it's great. I mean, I've been doing this for 50 years and still when it rains, I go up on the roof and watch the water run into the system <laughs> yeah. and go and just like a kid, I'm going, you know, yeah. this is water. I need water and I'm getting it from the sky and everybody can. Yeah. Water is not a problem. Shitloads of it falls from the sky. So nothing is a problem. People are a problem. Yeah. And they get in the way. You know, I, I say a lot of times, like, I, I really, I love humanity. But people suck. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I can I see it the other way. I say I love people individually, but humanity sucks. Yeah, I'm depends on how it hits you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have this whole idea that that we and we don't have time to get into this, but that we create a super organism, like ants form an anthill, and 
and we are all sort of running around doing something we don't understand and it's serving some higher function that's not higher in terms of better just higher like out of our ability to conceive of it and that super organism has an agenda that is counter to ours so that's why the infrastructure that's why all this development that actually isn't helping us as individuals no no we're i mean i'm not i i've i've done everything from i mean i i fought the law and the law won you know mm. I joined the law and vomited, and um, you know I, I tried to be them. I tried yeah. to fight them. I tried to hide from them. My current line of shit, and I like it pretty well, is I'm, I'm transcending the whole damn mess. Right. You know they, they the authorities want something from you, and I want something else. It's like a dog that has worms. You know, you give your dog a worm pill and you try to cram it down his throat. And, you know, that's what it's like trying to tell the authorities, you need, you need to catch your water. You need to treat your sewage. You need, I don't tell the authorities what they need. I take the worm pill and I put it in a bowl of hamburger and mm. I throw it at the dog and the dog swallows it whole. Right. And wants more. Right. So the things that I want that I present to the real world, I wrap them in a bottle of hamburger. Yeah, they eat them right up. Yeah, reduced and My little expenses. fucking worm pill is inside yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, that's clever. All right, just to wrap, I know you. I don't want to take up too much of your time, and it's an honor to get any of it at all. You said you know your heart, you know yourself. Have you always known yourself, or is that something you've worked out over time? I think I've. I think I always have, but I think myself has grown and gotten better. Like I knew myself back when I, you know, uh, shit in a bag and put it on somebody's front porch and, and lit it on fire. Uh -huh. You know, I knew myself then, but I knew that wasn't thrilling for anybody but me. Uh, <laughs> so, but now, I, yeah, so I knew myself then. Yeah. I knew that was bogus. Uh, but I, it's grown. It's like I've seen a lot of stuff out there. And I think I choose to trust myself more than any of that. Mm. And uh, and it's getting it's getting worse. Thank you to everybody who supports the podcast through Patreon.com. You can decide how much you want to give the podcast a buck a month, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, or you can get completely crazy and give twenty bucks a month or more. Or you can give nothing. If you don't have any cash, don't worry about it. Just enjoy the podcast and tell your friends. Thank you to Basin and Range for that opening music at the beginning of the podcast. Very funky little tune there uh, called The Bright side of the sun i believe you can find out more about them at basinandrangeband.com if you want to talk about the podcast with other listeners a good place to do that is on reddit just search tangentially speaking all one word there's a community of a couple hundred people in there chatting about the episodes i drop in occasionally and say hello answer questions whatever uh thanks to shore design t-shirts our garage is full of them. My mom has them all organized as only she can. Julie, thank you to Julie, my mom. She'll send those T-shirts out to you if you order them. Everything we've got in stock is from Shore Design T-shirts in Thailand. And you can check out their webpage as well for other designs. Thank you to Carsey Blanton. You can find out more about Carsey Blanton at Carsey Blanton. 
Carsebelton.com, C-A-R-S-I-E-B-L-A-N-T-O-N.com. She wrote and performed the song you're about to hear, which is called Smoke Alarm. And it's a reminder to carpe fucking diem while you still can, because, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to die one day. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm going to die one day. Why do you waste your time thinking about your reputation? Trying to meet an expectation, wondering what they're gonna say. When everyone you've ever known is headed for a headstone. Doesn't ask for much A little music and a soft touch Why don't you let it out to play Your heart is in a birdcage Singing in your chest You wanna shut it up but give it a rest You're gonna die one day Why do we waste our time Thinking about a reputation Running from a confrontation Wondering what we ought to say <laughs> When everyone we've ever known Is headed for a headstone I don't want to give the end away But we're gonna die one day We're gonna die one day We're gonna die one day So baby, what's a big deal? If you want to be free, say what you want to feel, spend the night with me. I'm gonna take you up in my arms, and if we must go down, we'll go singing to the smoke alarms, we'll dance into the ground. 